Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Proto Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host today, Jason, and boy, do I have news for you. News? What can it be? Shoot. The Brodo app. Fantasy Football by Brodo on all of your app stores has a new feature today. And is the feature cool, Michael? Very. It's very very cool. cool. It is the draft tool. What this does is if you're deciding between two players who you should pick, let's say between Darren Waller and George Kittle, it will tell you not only where we have them ranked in our rankings on average, it will also give you a confidence interval, percentile, whatever you want to call it, of that player. Meaning, it will tell you that you should draft Darren Waller with 55% confidence over George Kittle. It's super useful. The 55% was made up, so don't take that on my word here. I can pull it up. Michael, Michael's going to pull it up and tell us the actual amount here soon. Oh, sure, we'll do. But it's super useful. Um, it doesn't just have to be the studs. When you're in the late rounds, it'll tell you when you should draft these. Um, if you want to take a shot on, for instance, I checked like Darrington Evans or Samadre Piran. Exactly. Like, you could do that. I, I checked Darrington Evans or... Um, Derrick Henry, just to get an idea, and it shows like ninety nine percent confidence in Henry. Like, and to like sh- give you an idea of the awesomeness that this feature on the app has, we're gonna play a little bit of this or that later. We'll get into that in a little bit more, but I just want to tell you the rest of the stuff that we have on the app. We have articles. Waller sixty six percent. Oh, there you 33% go. Thirty three percent for George Kittle. We have articles. We have sortable statistics. We have statistics exclusive to Brodo. True throw value, true target value, rushing yards over expected, um, yards after the catch over expected. We have player cards, the only virtual card on the market. We have player comps, if you're wondering what that young player is going to turn out to be. We have a points tool where you can choose any amount of time span and see how many points a person has scored in that time. Literally anything you could think of. We even have coaching stats. Anything you could think of, it's on the app. Fantasy Football by Brodo, App Store, Google Play Store. Get it today. And for the draft tool... Don't forget, half PPR, full PPR, standard, super flex, it's all available. All available. It's awesome. Download the app. Check it out. We're going to dive into it in a bit more on this episode. So without further ado, let's get it started. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Before we jump into the first item on the agenda, I just want to say, Nikhil Harry requesting a trade. How do you feel about that? Nothing. I feel nothing about that. Nikhil Harry's a bum. It's a little funny when guys who have no real... Oh, that. I thought you were, like, trying to convince me that he was going to have a role somewhere. No, and people who have, like, no real power do things like that. Like, Nikhil Harry has been a bust. What's he supposed to do? Blame himself? Yeah. I mean, I like to see Harry end up on the Chiefs. Put him out wide with uh, Tyreek Hill. Maybe he could do. Maybe he. Maybe he could revive and remake himself with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if be. everyone's gonna, if anyone's gonna make anyone anything, it's Patrick Mahomes. But you've seen what Sammy Watkins did with Patrick Mahomes, and that was nothing. So yeah, that's why I don't understand the Mike, uh, Miko Hardman hype and shit too. Doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, <clears throat> so today we're gonna play a game of this or that. What does that mean? We're gonna use the new draft tool on the Brodo app, and with me, 
and Michael are going to go back and forth, um, either standard half PPR, PPR, or super flex scoring, and ask him and ask each other something, for example, Darren Waller or George Kittle. And that person will respond, uh, give their opinion, because remember, we might... This is a amalgamation of our four rankings and our four opinions of these players. Four being us two, Tim and uh, Santiago Casanova, the whiz behind all of this, and Tim, the new dad. We just met little Dennis. Cute yes, motherfucker. Cute he, motherfucker. Uh, he pooped while I was holding him. He did. Michael, the baby just kept farting the entire time Michael was holding him. It was yep. fun. Um, so that's why Mike, that's why Tim's not here today. So we're going to test each other out and, and then um, reveal the draft confidence percentage and the average ranks of these players and see if we agree or disagree. That's the plan. Before that, there's something going on in the fantasy world that we're going to discuss because everyone's talking about it. So let's talk about our teams a little bit here. SFB 11, for those who don't know, is Scott Fishbowl 11. So he's been doing it for 11 years. That is Scott Fish. And it's a giant charity tournament for fantasy football with crazy scoring. It's super flex and it's tight end premium. And you get points for first downs and you lose four points for interceptions. So the drafts have been a little bit wild. Yes, they have. And you will see that when we discuss our teams. So I'll give a sense of my team first. Michael could give me an opinion on it, and then I'll discuss my strategy. So I had the 10th pick, and with my 110, meaning first round 10th pick, I drafted Justin Herbert. Herbie fully loaded. The Dark Horse MVP candidate. With my next pick, 203, second round, third pick in the second round, Ryan Tannehill, true throw value king. Next pick, 303, because there's third round reversal. I took Devontae Adams. That's how you know it's super flex and crazy scoring. Devontae Adams there in the third round. Four At the 410, I took A.J. Brown. At the 503, I took Terry McLaurin. Yep. So right now in a super flex, I'm looking at Justin Herbert, Ryan Tannehill, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. I fucking love it. So, Michael, what are you your don't thoughts? You don't have a running back yet. I don't know. Nice. Going zero RB. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I like it. I'm a, even in Superflex. Last year, I did a... I was in the Draft Sharks Invitational Experts League, and I ended second overall out of 60 analysts. Won a prize. Waiting on quarterbacks in a Superflex. And that's what I typically tend to do. This is a little bit of crazy scoring, minus four for interceptions, for instance. Minus two if that interception is returned to the house, which is about 17% of touchdowns, I believe I read. Interceptions, I mean, that get really? brought back to the house. Yeah, That's wild. That's a little high. more than I expected, yeah. yeah. Um, po- you lose points for incompletions. If a quarterback plays bad, there's no bullshit. He threw for 500 yards, and he got me for fucking 40 points. Games like that where they throw like five interceptions and it doesn't matter. If that happens with Scott Fish bowl scoring, he, that's that's how it's reflected. Like Drew Locke last year had several negative point games. Oh, yeah. And so I'm targeting. It is like it was mwah, chef's kiss. Perfectly made for true target value. True throw value. Because, true throw this value. Is because true it is all efficiency. So you got Kirk Cousins going later on. I'm going to be targeting him. Even Derek Carr, who I hate. He completes passes, and that's that matters a lot. He doesn't in this throw that many interceptions. Yeah. He doesn't throw that many interceptions. Lamar Jackson, I would draft in front of Kyler Murray. He was far more efficient last year. 
things like that and where true throw value could really give you an edge because that's what Scott Fishbowl is all about. And I like the fact they went zero running back because, as you said, you got Devontae Adams in the third round. For whatever reason, running backs are absolutely flying off the board. I know you get a half point per first down, but wide receivers score more than running backs. Simple as that. I know you don't want to get left with bad running backs, but I drafted Christian McCaffrey at first overall. Unless Antonio Gibson falls to me at 401, which it's looking he might be able to, I'll consider him there because I'm a big Antonio Gibson fan. I'm not going to draft a running back to like round 10 probably and leave my running back two as my weak spot because you start three wide receivers, you start a tight end, and it's tight end premium where you get one point PPR instead of half, and then you have three flex spots and you only start two running backs. So you could have six wide receivers starting each week, all top 25 options from the way people are drafting right now. And who, so what if you have Jamal Williams as your RB2 then? This is the... This is what I did last season with my Scott Fishbowl team. I made it to the playoffs. My team was ridiculously good. I lost in the playoffs, unfortunately. But it was a great team because I just stacked up. I was like, if I'm going to have a weak spot, it'll be my RB2. Devin Singletary was my RB2 going into the season. But then injuries and such happen, and you find new guys. You could pick up guys like Wayne Gallman, Jeff Wilson, Gus Edwards. Guys like that where you could plug into your RB2 spot. So I'm all about that seesaw um, draft a running back early than late. And with Christian McCaffrey, you couldn't ask for a better start. And then I've only had two picks. We're the fifth slowest moving draft, unfortunately. Yeah. I have from the 101 and the 212, that's also third round reversal. So the third round is the second round again, that order. So I have the 101, the 212, the 312. And then it goes back to Snake, which is... I don't like the weird. Universal. Fucking yeah. weird. But I have, from 101 and 212, the two best receivers in the league, period, right now. And I don't think it's undebatable. That's debatable with Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Two like best wide receivers, you said? The best running back in the game and the best oh. wide receiver in the game. Well, I don't even Tyreek think it's debatable Hill because Devontae with I'm saying with Aaron Rodgers, uncertain. Tyreek Hill is the clear number one. So I got the main guy instead when I could have... Who am I going to draft? Matt Stafford? No. I'm not going to draft Cam Akers over Tyreek Hill either. I'm not that high on Cam Akers when I already have Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah. And I got my pick coming up soon. It's at the 308, and Antonio Gibson is still available. Justin Jefferson's still there. If I could start, like, Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Antonio Gibson, or if not Antonio Gibson, like, A.J. Brown, that would be absurd. Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's a cheat code with these. Leagues. I also really wanted Kelsey Kittle or Waller, but obviously they didn't fall to two twelve. Yeah, they're going super early, but that's a cheat code with these leagues. It's, it doesn't even have to be SFB eleven. If you have a lot of flexes, some leagues have two flexes these days, um, four flexes. Like, listen, if you have three wide receiver spots, two flexes. And you can draft five wide receivers before you draft a running back, and the five wide receivers are gonna are all better draft like are all better people to be drafted at that spot. Then just do it. You might not look at your team and think, "Oh, it's look how beautiful it is," just because you see the running backs and they're a little weak. But then what's the difference? You look at your team otherwise, and you think it's better because your flex spots are a little weak. Yeah, like it's interchangeable. People, you you might have a better team with the weak running backs than with the weak flexes. So that's why I was deciding between Terry McLaurin or J.K. Dobbins. And someone who 
is going to be splitting work and doesn't catch as many passes I as I like, I'd much I'd much rather have Terry McLaurin with Fitzmagic just forcing him the ball. I don't blame you. It's a no brainer for me. Yeah, I like your start though, man. I wonder what running backs are going to end up with end up with though, because going five. Non-running backs to start is a bit risky, but, you know, I'm a zero-running back type of guy, so I like it. So my next pick is 6'10", so I'm 18 picks away. But the running back's left, so hopefully one of these guys drops to me. Is ETN, Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Michael Carter, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, Miles Gaskin. Like, if I can get Carson or Gaskin at 6'10", I'll be so happy. Yeah. And if I not, also like guys like honestly, James Conner, Kenyon Drake. Chase Edmonds is there. Uh, Mike Davis. Like, Rojo, I wouldn't mind getting late. Damian Harris. I don't know if I'm bugging out, but I, I've i been stacking up on Kenyon Drake in, like, best ball leagues. I just don't really understand his ADP. Why is he going in, like, the 12th round? He just got behind Josh Jacobs. He just got paid $5 million a year for two years. He's going to get the damn ball. Whether he's behind Josh Jacobs or not. Josh Jacobs' ADP is a joke. Don't get me started with that. I don't know why anyone is drafting Josh Jacobs. Odds that He's Kenyon literally Drake, Damian Harris five Odds earlier. that Kenyon Drake outscores Josh Jacobs. PPR league? Sure. 40%. That's wow, right. you think it's That's that right close? I went there. Bro, there's a... We say it a million times. A target is worth 2.7 times as much as a rush. If Kenyon Drake catches 70 balls, I know that's a lot, but if he catches 70 balls and Josh Jacobs catches 10, that means it's a 60 catch difference times 2.7 or whatever is 27 times 3 is 81, 162. I entirely agree, though. When it comes to points, the 2.7 difference. Damian Harris is basically Josh Jacobs, but many rounds later. Yeah. I'm all aboard the Damian Harris train this year. I'm going to be grabbing him late in a lot of drafts. He's another guy. I think his ADP He's is too low. He's the number one running back for a Bill Belichick offense. I don't care who's at center. Because yeah. Cam Newton wasn't good as a goal line rusher last year. And Mac nah, Jones is going to start eventually. It would be better if it's Max Jones. It, it, Mac Jones. it definitely would be. But Mac Jones is going to start eventually. So maybe you'll get a discount on Damian Harris because Cam Newton's named the starter. Yeah, honestly, if you end up with like Miles Gaskin or Travis Etienne or one of those guys and... Him? Who are we just talking about? Why am I completely blanking now? Josh Jacobs? Josh, no, not no, Josh Damien Jacobs. No, Damien Harris. Damien Harris and Damien Harris. And the zero RB is probably going to work. Your draft. I fuck with that team. Miles Gaskin doesn't get enough love. I don't think so either. I want him in SFB 11. Yeah, I'm with you. And with that. I'm going to listen. And with that. Because you've been talking a lot today. I don't know if you know that, but you've been talking a lot. Have I? So I'm gonna let you keep talking. It's almost like we have a podcast, you idiot. I want to be. The, I want to do the first draft tool. So here we go. As Michael said, you can set it to standard, half PPR, full PPR, or superflex. So, Michael, I'm asking you. Yes. Because this is a fun one. It. I'm not gonna lie to you. I might be giving it away, but I'm not really giving it away. Who you should draft changes based on what setting you're using. Interesting. So these people are close in our rankings. One thing... Uh, just go on, just go on. So I'm going to go with half PPR. Who would you rather have in a half PPR league? Joe Mixon or Keenan Allen? 
Keenan Allen. What do you think the draft tool says? I think the draft tool says Joe Mixon. In standard, draft tool definitely says Joe Mixon in standard. And half PPR, Joe Mixon. Yep. Half PPR, Joe Mixon, very close by 51.8%. Oh, we have them ranked at 28 and 30 in our conglomerate rankings. Conglomerate. PPR. Not consensus, not consensus rankings, guys. Conglomerate rankings. Correct. PPR changes the game. Keenan Allen up to 66% as Joe Mixon drops and Keenan Allen jumps up to 22nd in our average rank. I'm going to agree with you here. That's why I asked the question. In half PPR, I'm taking Keenan Allen over Joe Mixon every day. Yeah. Why, though? You can't find a player more just productive year after year who doesn't get enough love as Keenan Allen. Uh, last year, he saw 147 targets, 100 receptions, 992 yards. His yards per reception wore down, which is a little frustrating, but he had eight touchdowns, which tied a career high. And what excites me the most about Keenan Allen, secondly, he's 29 years old, so it's not like he's just... 32-year-old receiver on the decline. He still has a couple years left. And what is so spicy about Keenan Allen this year? What? Herbie fully loaded. Herbie fully loaded. Justin Herbert coming off of a record-breaking rookie season. Really had a tremendous season as a rookie. Looked like all the hype around him. Remember when he was supposed to be the first overall pick the year prior? All the hype was around Justin Herbert, yep. and then he returned to school, and for whatever reason, the hype kind of backed up off him. He ended up being the third quarterback taken off the board behind Burrow and Tua, and people just weren't as excited for Herbert as they were. Remember the Giants? What was it, Tank for... Well, they changed it to Tank for Tua, but there was something for Herbert. I don't know. But, no, man, I kind of feel no, bad. I was thinking of Suck for Sam. There was something about Justin, not Herbert. Yeah, but I'm I kind of feel bad for the Giants, though. They were going they wanted Justin Herbert and they end up with Daniel Jones. Yuck. But anywho, you have a second year Justin Herbert who had a tremendous rookie season. I don't really see a downtick in performance happening. There's no more Anthony Lynn there, and I know a change of offense and a change of coaching staff could be rough for a young player, but I think he'll be able to, you know, get through it. He still has Keenan Allen. He has um, <clears throat> Austin Eckler out of the backfield. Mike Williams is still there. Jalen Guyton showed some deep threat flashes last year. This is a very solid team. They brought in Jared Cook. They still have Donald Parham. And I know they lost Hunter Henry, but Hunter Henry was way too not good for the amount of targets and time on the field last season and health. Correct. Everyone said as long as Hunter Henry stays healthy, he's going to be great. Oh, the dude was just super, super mediocre the entire season despite being there with Justin Herbert breaking records for passing yards as a rookie. Just very, very ridiculous in my opinion. And then you got Keenan Allen being Keenan Allen in half PPR. and PPR formats in particular, very, very safe pick with upside. In half PPR league, same. You You really don't have to worry about him ruining you in a week. Because that's just not what he does. On I hope his yards per reception goes up a bit. I think that was a bit concerning. The fact that he was catching so many balls near the line of scrimmage and things of that sort. But Keenan Allen's a very good receiver. <clears throat> and Joe Mixon, look, we always say we don't hate the player. We hate the ADP. We hate Joe Mixon's ADP 
because drafting Joe Mixon in the top 15 picks or so, where he always ends up getting drafted, is just straight up stupid at this point. How many years in a row are you just going to trust, oh, Joe Mixon's going to get the volume, Joe Mixon's a stud? Three out of the last four years, bad in rushing yards over expected, has not been efficient at all, has more RB3 games than he does RB1 games. The list goes on and on when it comes to Joe Mixon. Todd Gurley, who everyone hates, shout out to Cass for this one, has more, has been more consistent over the last two years, the ghost of Todd Gurley, than Joe Mixon has. I understand Joe Burrow's there. I understand, oh, they're getting their, their offensive line back together. But really, they did not improve their offensive line much. They're just hoping that injured players are going to perform great. Like, that's just not a great bet to make. Joe Burrow's coming off of surgery. You don't know if he's going to take time to reacclimate himself. They just drafted a wide receiver with the fifth overall pick. I understand Gio Bernard is gone, but it's just a little crazy to me that people are just so in love with Joe Mixon year after year after year. And Look, if he falls to the mid-third round, maybe I'll take a shot on him. He never does, so it doesn't seem like I'm going to be rostering much of uh, much of Joe Mixon. A.K.A. Keenan Allen greater than. I agree. Although the tool had a 51% difference. So really a coin flip anyway. But I have a feeling Cass and Tim would disagree with us here. And that's why we are on the slightly lower end of the spectrum. Probably. But anyways, is it my turn for you now? Typically how this goes, boss. That is typically how this goes. So I'm going to... Uh, it's interesting that you went wide receiver running back to, to kick it off. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I assumed we'd go same position, so I said, you know what? Fuck it. I thought I was I was getting ready to go wide receiver running back with like my second or third to try to throw you off, but you started it off that way, so good for you. I'm gonna go with um two receivers here, keep it in the same boat. Mr. Allen Robinson or C. D. Lamb, <sighs> the wily old vet who keeps crushing it. Or the super, super talented sophomore ready to explode, in my opinion. In my humble opinion. It's tough, man. I really do think CeeDee Lamb is ready to explode. You've got me on the train. I've looked into it more. And I just don't see why that can't be the case. Like, Dak Prescott was on a record-setting level last year. Even if he regresses a little bit. There's Amari Cooper in that offense. And then, you know, we say the offense is stacked and all that stuff. But CeeDee Lamb in his rookie year was clearly the superior option to Michael Gallup. All offenses have all offenses have three viable wide receivers these days. So it's okay that Michael Gallup is there. And Blake Jarwin's not scaring anyone. And the fact that they have Zeke, if anything, is a good thing. Because it'll make defenses respect the box if Zeke returns to form. Allen Robinson, on the other hand, someone who I haven't really liked in the past has just continuously performed with bad quarterback play. That he has. So the question is, do you take Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, who Allen Robinson will probably be peppered and peppered and peppered? The question for me is, because everyone's hyped, that Allen Robinson is his new best starting quarterback, right? And Justin Fields. What if his new best starting quarterback is actually Andy Dalton? (laughs) And he gets replaced for... Justin Fields, and Justin Fields has a Tua-esque, underwhelming rookie season. That's what I'm saying, and that's why I I think you've turned me. I think you're going to say CeeDee Lamb. 
CeeDee Lamb, huh? Because I like it. Like you said, man, and I, I think the draft tool is going to say differently. You, you would be correct. And that. I'm pretty sure I have these guys like back-to-back in my rankings. Um, oh, Also, the draft tool is based on our rankings, which, are con- which we're constantly going to be updating. Um, and our rankings... And it's the consensus between us four, as you said, which is very cool because some of us, we each have our own convictions on players, but we're not always right. So it levels out all of our brains meshed together. Like last year, like, say, like, uh, Tim loved... Uh, Mark Andrews, me and Jason didn't. That would have been reflected in the draft tool. Yeah, and the more we talk about it, I think I'm going to change my answer to Allen Robinson. And I think that's the reasonable... Look, right now I think I have them like 8 and 9 in my rankings. Wait, now now you want Allen Robinson? Right now, if I was drafting today, I had to choose one, I'd click select on Allen Robinson. I won't be surprised if in two weeks I say CeeDee Lamb. It's yeah, that close for sense. me. The issue for me is Justin Fields was the fourth quarterback drafted this year. When was the last time we were all hyped about the fourth quarterback drafted in a class? That's a fair question. You could arguably say the last time that was the case was when Lamar Jackson became an MVP candidate. And you might have a point there. <laughs> but the way I see it is... Not his rookie season, though. Almost all teams passed up on Justin Fields. Because he was there to be traded up for. And it's tough to trust. But Allen Robinson has just been so damn good. What percent do you think Allen Robinson is slightly over Ceedee Lamb? In half PPR? Half PPR. That's what we're doing? It's all very close. Standard half. I'm going to go with 60. 55% Allen Robinson. So it's close. And I'm telling you. 4.7 for Lamb. Where their average ranks? The average rank for A-Rob is 33. Ceedee Lamb is 38. Yeah. In the next round of rankings, I might be even closer. Yeah. If I hop Ceedee Lamb over A-Rob. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. That was a tough one. Yeah, I really wanted to give you a CD Lamb question. Good for you, kiddo. All right, you know what? I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to go with the tight end position. Who would you rather have? Another close one. But the leader here is the leader in all three. Kind of like the A-Rob and Lamb. By a slim margin in all three. Would you rather have Dallas Goddard or Mike Kosicki? I have these guys back-to-back in my rankings. Right now... Oh, by the way, rankings on the app by tonight or tomorrow. um, The new rankings will be up. Whenever you're listening to this, it's Wednesday, the day we record. So look out for... If you click on the rankings tab, the rankings will be updated very shortly. Yep. Right now, give me Mike Kosicki. But I have them back-to-back. Same thing as you explained with the A-Rob and CeeDee Lamb scenario. The The problem for me is, one, one I don't really look at strength of schedule. The strength of schedule over and over has proven to be something that isn't super sticky, except when it's like really far at the end, like 31st or 1st when it comes to strength of schedule. Those might end up being a little closer to correct. I mean, it's because but, it's, those are more obvious. Yeah, but typically strength of schedule isn't, Something that's super sticky year to year. But Mike Kosicki does, for what it's worth, have one of the best schedules for tight ends based on tight end performances last year, which which is nice. But the reason I like Kosicki is because, man, he showed out last year with all the changing of quarterbacks, with wide receivers like Devontae Parker and um, what's his face? Who is, and who is the second receiver for 
the Dolphins last year. Why am I bugging? No, really. Actually, yeah. No, what's his face? Preston Williams got hurt. So Mike Kosicki was basically operating as like the second receiver. Basically. But he was uh, coming out of the slot and such, and he took advantage of that, man. Like, he saw targets, he turned them into touchdowns, and he made some miraculous plays. Like, if you look at the front of Mike Kosicki's player card, you see a very, very outstanding player card. Like, it is impressive work, and he earned it, right? Like, he, he balled out, and he was a very, very valuable piece for that offense that was down weapons, right? They had Miles Gaskin come on. Like, what if Miles Gaskin sucked? Like, it's not like they had a great running game. Devontae Parker has always been um, not very trustworthy, and he was dealing with injuries last year. But Mike Kosicki, I mean, he ended with 700 receiving yards. He was top 10 in true target value despite having a low true throw value quarterback in uh, Tua. Had 85 targets on the year, 53 receptions. These are all top, those are top 12 in the league. I mean, his average depth of target, which is very nice, over 11. And he was a red zone threat, man. And he had 16 red zone opportunities. Like, this is a guy who just week in and week out was a pretty trustworthy tight end. And that's not something we've seen from him in his career, but this was his third year and we saw him ball out and really step up. And I would not be shocked if that continues to rise because his receptions went up, his yards went up, his yards per reception went up. He caught six touchdowns, which is a career high. I know they drafted Jalen Waddle, but it's not like he's someone who is going to steal a ton of work from Mike Kosicki based on their roles. The only issue I have is they also brought in Will Fuller. So if Mike Kosicki doesn't play in the slot anymore, I'm going to be a bit concerned, but for now, Mike Kosicki looked like he took a third-year step up. I think he can take a further fourth-year step up, and then you have Dallas Goddard, who, when Zach Ertz missed time last year, was not who we wanted him to be, man. He just was simply a nice player. He was okay, but that was about it. In 11 games, he caught 46 passes, 524 yards, three touchdowns. This, he was a, he was a more popular third-year breakout candidate. Zach Ertz is still there. Whether he's there or not by the time the season starts is to be determined, but he's still there now. The offense, Jalen Hurts is at quarterback. Look, Hurts, I like him as a talent. We don't know how good he's going to be as an actual NFL quarterback. In his games last year, he flashed some potential. He also flashed a ton of accuracy issues, and he was not. He did not um, have a very high completion percentage. And Dallas Goddard, it's not like he's going up against crazy competition among the receivers and such with guys like Jalen Rager and company. We saw last year their receiving room was in shambles. So he should be able to earn a role in that offense. But for me right now, I do lean Mike Kosicki. And I think the uh, I think the app is going dis- to disagree. You're right. <clears throat> so, so far we've had an app disagreeal. An app agreement because... Disagreeal is not a word. Agreement. Disagreement. An app agreement because at the end of the day, I chose Allen Robinson. And an app disagreement. Although we are picking things that are very, very close. Yep. Dallas Goddard wins with 54% confidence. So what, they're like four away from they each are other? Four. They're four picks away from each other on our consensus. <laughs> so four got two guys that we as a group are very high on together. Um... Very close to each other. And consensus says Dallas Goddard by a little bit. Yeah. How do you feel about those two? I concur with everything you said. I think it's tough 
They're both such question marks. They could both break out this year. They could both be their typical selves this year. Um, I've said in the past, I really think that Mike Kosicki got an underrated year last year. Um, but the Dolphins did add pieces, which could be a good or a bad thing. I'll give a slight edge. I'm going to go with the app here. I'll give a slight edge to Goddard. Slight edge to Goddard. But I do think that, I mean, I'm pretty sure I have them like back-to-back in my rankings. Maybe we should pick people that are like not so close to each other. <laughs> but then it wouldn't be fun. Yeah, if you give it too much separation. I'm going to go quarterbacks then. Um, let's get crazy. I'm going crazy? to go with. I don't know. I don't know why it's crazy. Russell Wilson. You're crazy, man. I like you, but you're crazy. One of the best. Russell Justin Wilson. Justin Herbert. Or one of our favorites. Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. You're correct. Very close, 57% right? Ryan Tannehill. 71 to 79 in the average rank. Here's why I say that. I am not... One of the ones with Tannehill above Russell Wilson in my rankings. You're saying Wilson. I am. Russell Wilson, we can get fucking let Russ cook or we can get let Russ be at the do. Like, we really don't know what we're getting with Russell Wilson. And I know you're saying Brian Schottenheimer's out of the picture. But Pete Carroll arguably fired Brian Schottenheimer because he didn't run the ball enough. When asked about their offense last year, they talked about how they weren't running the ball enough at the end of the year. And this is a team that wants to run the ball. And Russell Wilson is going to have four 40-point games. And he's going to have a lot of QB2 games. So who? So you need to decide, do you want that person? And if you're streaming on the weeks where Russell Wilson doesn't do well and you're a mad scientist Well, you're genie, not going to start anyone over Russell Wilson. That's what I'm saying. Really. So unless you're like a mad scientist genie, Ryan Tannehill is going to be more efficient. And he's going to be more consistent. And I think that we cannot sleep on the fact that he has Julio Jones now. True. Throw. Value. King. Julio Jones. A.J. Brown. Anthony Ferkser, who Delaney Walker said is going to be a breakout this year. <laughs> and Derrick Henry making offenses stay honest. Dude. It's quite an offense. Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown. Man, shout out to Ryan Tannehill, who went 850 yards and five touchdowns as a freshman as a receiver. At a and That's the truth. That is the truth. You think he would have been drafted as a wide receiver? Absolutely. If he put up that type of wide receiver performance as rookie Probably, right? season. Yeah, I just think that it's a safer pick. And the upside is probably capped a little bit more than Russell Wilson. But I like Tannehill, man. Because it's not like the defense made a lot of improvements either. So as long as the Titans need to score... Tannehill's going to be a good player. I'm not going to disagree with you. He's a true, he's a true throw value king. Really? I thought you said Russell Wilson. I'm not going to disagree with you preferring 
Tannehill. I have them back to back in my rankings. I'm assuming Tim and Casper <clears throat> for Tannehill as well. If that's if he's ahead, then yeah, because I don't have him ahead in my rankings. I took Tannehill over us. And that's Scott Fishbowl. That's that's a power move right there. True throw value move. Yeah. I like it. I needed Ryan Tannehill. I couldn't risk him falling, even though it was third round reversal. Kirk Cousins, man, he's gonna be the steal of the draft. I agree. I just, I honestly think Justin Herbert is an MVP candidate this year. Like I might go put some money on him, and Ryan Tannehill is my guy. Fair enough. All right, let me hit you. Let me hit you with the with the last round. Last round. Last two. About a boo. Talk to me, guy. What do you think I'm going to ask you? I think you're going to mix it up again. Wide receiver, tight end. Hmm. Interest. Very interest. Come on, man. What are you doing right now? All right, yeah. I'm actually going to ask you one now. Fucking dingbat. I'll switch it up, though, like you said. I'm going to go standard scoring. Ooh. Everyone's new favorite player, LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca. Or Tyler Higby. LaVisca. Is this just typical non-tight end? It's just typical standard standard score. Then you got to give me LaVisca Chenault, bro. Yeah, I guess that was a little too easy. Yeah. I, I guess when I saw 83% confidence, I, I I made it a little too easy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Tyler Higby, I'm a bit sour on Higby from last year, just to be completely honest. And I don't really think it's biased. Yes, I like Higby. I got burned by him in a few spots. Maybe that's weighing on me a little bit, but I just don't really understand the ADP. He's going as a top 10 tight end again. I know Gerald Everett is gone, but it's not like he was a huge part of that offense last year. And now Stafford's there. They have Akers, Henderson, Cup, Woods, Van Jefferson from last year. They drafted 2-2 Atwell this year. I'm a little confused by his ADP. So, yeah, obviously, in a non-tight end premium format, I'm taking LaVisca Chenault every day. And LaVisca Chenault is someone I haven't even been targeting much at ADP. I think people are really bugging out with the Jaguar site hype. One, Trevor Lawrence is a rookie, which really makes his outlook this year. There's a big variance between what could happen. Maybe he's the best rookie of all time, and I look stupid, kind of fading the Jaguars. Maybe he struggles a bit. And then guys like LaVisca Chenault going in the seventh round don't make much sense when you have Travis Etienne and James Robinson in the backfield, DJ Chark and Marvin Jones on the outside, and then LaVisca Chenault. And apparently they were going after Kadarius Toney in the first round before he got drafted. So what is that? Like, maybe Urban Myers isn't a big LaVisca Chenault guy, but, you know, all the rave reports, LaVisca Chenault, LaVisca Chenault. Brian Schottenheimer is now the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the Jaguars. Anytime he gets involved anywhere, it sucks. Correct. It's not like they improved their offensive line. They improved their running back room instead in the draft, taking ETN in the first round. I'm just very hesitant to trust LaVisca Chenault to ADP because what do we really see him being this year? We, we what do really we see him know. being? Like, they could try to force him into a Curtis Samuel type role where yeah. it took him three years to be good. And if he is Curtis Samuel... One, will he be as good as Curtis Samuel was, say, the second half of last year where he was an every week starter? Or will he be the Curtis Samuel from the year and a half prior where he was very up and down? And sometimes you started him and you were happy and sometimes you were just very, it was very nerve wracking starting Curtis Samuel. Like, what type of player are you going to get 
from LaVisca Chenault. It's not like he's going to have a huge uh, average up the target, right? Like, maybe they'll try to get him involved in the line of scrimmage and such. I honestly don't like it when I hear rumors like, oh, this team said they're going to get this guy involved in the run game. Because that kind of just tells me they're wasting their time. Yeah. They just drafted ETN. What what is Chenault going to get two carries a game? Yeah. Fuck that. I'd rather him be running routes. Learning how to catch passes that he'll see in game. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you For fantasy, at least. If the Jaguars do whatever they want. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a bit... Low. So that was a long-winded way of saying LaVisca Chenault, but only because you gave me an awful comparison. Basically. Yeah. No, that Last one easy. for you, Jay. I'm going to keep it simple. Um, I'm going to go back to the running backs. Hit me with your best one. I'm going to go in standard. I think this makes them a little closer. Okay. Okay. CEH or David Montgomery. The standard is what's confusing me. Because, I mean, obviously Montgomery is likely to get handled more carries. Exactly. I'm still going to give the slight edge to CEH. Yep. The draft tool gives a slight edge to CEH. 57% for CEH. 28 to 35 average rank. Yep. Look, at the end of the day, the Bears are going to get Tariq Cohen back. Everyone wants to act like Tariq Cohen doesn't exist, but he does. He's a good fucking player in his role. He is. No one's going to write home about Tariq Cohen, but the guy can play in his role. They just brought in Damien Williams. And now, and they did that after David Montgomery had the best six-game stretch of his career. Yeah. And that six-game stretch came against some of the worst defenses ever. Not ever. Hyperbole. <laughs> worst defenses ever if we're only considering last 2020. Year. And now they have a rookie quarterback who might start. Who uses his legs, too. Who uses his legs. So... Sometimes a running quarterback helps in the running game. But other times, in the case of, say, Lamar Jackson, if Lamar Jackson was a pocket quarterback, J.K. Dobbins would probably end the year with better numbers. Yeah. It also affects so the pass catching for I don't, running backs. I'm not saying Justin Fields is going to be Lamar Jackson, but what I'm saying is running quarterbacks don't always help the running back. Yeah. And you also don't know if Justin Fields can be able to hit the running back out of the backfield. If he's going to be that type of quarterback. Because yeah. my money right now would be that Andy Dalton would check down more than Justin Fields. Andy Dalton's the old dweeb. And Justin Fields is the young guy who wants to sling it. That's just based off of football stereotypes. But the older guy with the deader arm is probably going to throw it shorter. I.E. Ben Roethlisberger. And on the other side of equation, of the equation. Tell me about the man you so precisely named. Clyde Edwards. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, not as precise as I would have liked it to be last year. True. But the tides, they are turning. Listen, man. Damian Williams out the door. The Le'Veon Bell out the door. Those guys came in and did nothing. Well, Le'Veon Bell came in and did nothing. Damian Williams did nothing. Bell sucked. Bell sucked. And then blamed Andy Reid. And Clyde Edwards, hell yeah, was pretty good, relatively speaking. He wasn't that bad. And maybe it was just an issue with the Chiefs offense last year. Because every running back struggled. But Clyde Edwards was doing a decent job when he was getting the work. And now the only backup is Jarek McKinnon. And Jarek McKinnon has been this 
potential guy his entire career. And at this point, he's going off of his combine results seven years ago, and he hasn't been healthy for years. This is the guy who used to... Do I pick up Jarek McKinnon or Matt Asiata when Adrian Peterson is injured? Yeah. Like, the guy's old. And it's funny I'm saying this because he's actually one of my favorite later-on picks at the moment. Just because it's an explosive offense and he's a good handcuff. If he's a backup, maybe he'll stay healthier more. But I'm taking my chances with CEH. <clears throat> I, I like it. I think I take my chance of a CEH there, too. Um, you have to love the quarterbacks. Excuse me, the running backs. And Andy Reid offense last year didn't work out as kindly as typical. But there's a lot of moving parts. As kindly as typical. As kindly as it typically does. But there are a lot of moving parts, as you said. And CEH really didn't perform as bad as people want to believe. Um, he was good. He wasn't great. That's a problem. Yeah. So let's see if he could take a second-year step up. But either way, he should be a solid contributor. But uh, I think that's all, folks. That's all, folks. Go ahead and download the Brodo fan- the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Type in Fantasy Football by Brodo in the app store. B-R-O-T-O. B-R-O-T-O on Google Play Store or in the App Store. Um, Androids and Apple devices. Um, tablets, whatever your heart desires. It's, it's going to come up. Um, and play with the tool yourself. Use it during your drafts if you'd like. That's why we created it. It's a draft tool. And check out the player cards, player comps, all that good stuff. It's uh, quite the app. And shout out to all the patrons who have helped us with money to create this app. If you want to become a patron, patreon.com slash Fantasy, Extra episodes, the Discord, a free FFPC $5 league, much, much more. The Discord community is tremendous, so soon to be Broto Leagues. We haven't even brought up Broto Leagues yet, but it's coming up. Broto Leagues, folks. Play against us or with people in the community. And that's that. Last I'm year, Broto FF Mike. Last year, winners got party belts. Last year, winners did get party belts. Broto party belts. With beer holders. Yeah, Jay, tell them where to find it. a good time. At Broto FF Jason. At Broto FF Casanova and at Broto FF Tim. For the other two dudes in the fam. And at Brodo Dennis for the five day old. <laughs> he does not have a Twitter just yet. Maybe give it a couple of years. Maybe Tim should make an at Brodo Dennis account. Save it. Just no, just pictures of his baby. <laughs> for anyone interested in baby pictures. That's an idea. All right. Later. Later. Later.